0: So um, before we get the party all seated in their armchairs of analysis, let's start off with some corrections and addenda. Hopefully this will be a pretty quick segment most episodes, but I do have to confess that I wrote last session two hours before we played on no sleep in the middle of a migraine, and as such, um, some of it didn't make much sense. Um, For the lore elements about the world of Ys that don't make much sense in canon, my policy is going to be mostly... Nah, deal with it. I'm the DM. I'll fix it if I can. Which is truly a shame for the first time you got to tune into our sessions, but I think and hope it won't break your enjoyment of our show. Regarding the actual planet Earth, however, I want to spread as little misinformation as I possibly can, so there will be some corrections from time to time whenever we or you catch them. You can tweet corrections at us regarding facts about the planet you share with us, not the one we're gaming in, at anthrogang on Twitter. Please don't make me regret saying that. So, the way I described how fungi get their nutrition was a little inaccurate last session, so I want to walk some of that back this week. Fungi are distinguished from other kingdoms of eukaryotic, that is, what's called true-celled organisms, by the presence of a polysaccharide called chitin in their cell walls. It's also found in the exoskeleton of arthropods, so if that doesn't fuel the are mushrooms good debate, I don't know what will. Fungi mostly secrete digestive enzymes to break down their food, and they are heterotrophic. That is, they eat rather than photosynthesize, and the way they eat is by digesting their food. They are principally decomposers. That is, they mostly like to feed on decaying organic matter. But there is such diversity within the fungus kingdom that this mostly has an asterisk the size of thousands of species. This asterisk includes fungi that coexist symbiotically with animal cells, parasitize insects, or even parasitize other living fungi. That'll about do it for corrections, but I do have another addendum. Last episode drew heavily from a source that Connor mentioned by name, but that we never officially recommended. Well, I'm here to change that, and likely not for the last time. If you enjoy challenging reads about posthumanism, thoughtful insights about the future of humanity, and how the hell we're going to survive the mess that these megacorporations are getting us all into, and some really goddamn beautiful writing to tie it all into a neat little bow, I really do recommend you pick up a copy of The Mushroom at the End of the World, by Anna Loewenhaupt Singh, that's T-S-I-N-G. By tracing matsutake mushrooms through the waxing and waning and disturbing of their ecological niches, and the entanglements of these dynamics with capital and political economy, Tsing weaves fascinating tales about how humans and the environment shape each other in sometimes frightening, hopeful, and unexpected ways, and how the line between human and environment is much blurrier than we like to think. Check it out. All right. On with the analysis.
1: So, I think it's interesting that Elyon was willing to give the sing- The the signet a chance. The singlet. The uh, <laughs> singlet. Try, try wearing the singlet. Try walking a mile in her singlet. But, uh, <laughs> I think it's interesting that Elyon was willing to give her a chance and- And, uh give her a chance to be different than what she was showing us on the island and I think I think the way he's sort of he's a little bit he's a little bit trusting yeah and in a lot of the instances he's come across people I think he's been like oh they're they're probably fine like especially especially the people who seem to be like looked down on but also i think just i think he thought that the signet was acting out of desperation Mm
0: -hmm. so Mm -hmm. he
1: was he was willing to give her that chance Mm
0: -hmm. yeah um yeah i i like the uh I like the idea of um, I, I don't know. I I just I like Elyon being like this kind of trusting, like, um <laughs> I I Well he's not I completely like,
1: naive, but like
0: I know. I, I don't I don't I wasn't gonna say naive. I yeah, I just I like this idea. I just like this idea of Elyon being like this kind of like you know, he's been around the block and he's been with the Harpers, but he's he's still willing to give like people who Maybe he shouldn't. The benefit of the doubt, which is like generally like, believes in good, generally believes in good. It's a good. It's a good thing. And I, like, the, I I joked around about this, but like, you you generally play like kind of edge lord characters. Yeah. When, when you play like like you play like edge lord like in our other campaign like this is a refreshing change for you you said in another <laughs> in another episode. Um, yeah. Uh, like. Listeners, Ali and I play in another campaign where we're both like really terrifying bards for very different reasons, and it's awesome.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> my, my bard is terrifying because he gives off the whole—he gives off like a villain kind of aura. But uh, Alice, the other bard, is terrifying because she's just uh, to borrow to paraphrase from the Magnus Archives, the throat of chaos incarnate.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah uh Jackson Jackson um Ali's bard is like obsessed with fear and the darkness of the mind and the limits of the soul and stuff. So it's it's really kind of fun to see um to see Elion being like a himbo sun god youth pastor on a pirate ship.
1: Yeah. Um my
0: and...
1: uh, my other bard is based off uh, the Batman villain the Scarecrow. So uh going from that to I just want everyone to get along.
0: Right. Is... Which is like it's, it's kind of cool. Like, it's cool. Like, um...
1: It shows, like, an act. I've got range.
0: You've got range. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> versatility. You know, it's... How, how is, how is Elion recovering from... And if you want to play character arc stuff close to the chest, by, by the way, that goes for, for everyone in, in the campaign. Sometimes, sometimes I forget that people have the capability to, like, keep secrets. I can't do that. Um... Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but if you want to share how how is Elion recovering from being removed from the sun god briefly um
1: like i think he has become more grateful for the sun's presence
0: okay yeah and he's that sort was kind of, of, kind of recovering
1: weird. in that way it's like oh it, it was it was uh it wasn't real i've got the sun and i'm never gonna take you for granted again
0: oh nice yeah i i like that because it's it kind of does communicate like a like a a joyfulness and joy is something that i do want to get into like in a scholarly way um in like how it traverses um subjectivity like how it it traverses like Mm. joy is one of those things that can originate in like kind of nonsense if that makes sense um joy is one of those things that can originate in like places that like tension in identity like um uh uh like joy joy can precede meaning right joy can precede meaning it can it can it can it can can originate in in like you know like i mean in my own experiences it's like a, a a, a, a non-binary person Like I find a lot of joy in that And and a lot of it can be in like The idea that I don't have to explain myself To anybody a lot of the time Like it's like you know Like someone's like well what's in your pants And I'm like lint and- <laughs>
1: <laughs> I find gender euphoria In The weirdest shit uh,
2: Yeah Oh, I just made I up find a new just, this
1: Wait where did this come from Oh you you wouldn't get it but like hear me out and it can be some weird stuff
2: i just made up a new gender this week. oh yeah it was fun. L- yeah
0: lindsay you did that you did that it was on I your did. twitter
2: it was oh
1: i gotta check that now
2: yeah no i made up a new gender that was for fun, awesome but it was like it like it but it, but it 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 was for fun but it wasn't like meaningless it like right. it is real yeah. but it's also really fun um, yeah, but anyway, yeah. T- by um, contrast, you, you,
0: you, to oh, sorry. No, just go for it. I, I I wanted to see if you wanted to to speak more on that. But if if you want to uh, if you want to move on, that's that's also. Oh,
2: fine. I can't. But I mean, it's it's like super not relevant to the podcast to the campaign. <laughs> okay. But I can
0: yeah, I good. can
2: in like an epilogue if people want. But um, but, uh, but no. But by contrast like i really did not design like consciously choose this for irsu i did not consciously design her this way but she just is she just comes out swinging every time (laughs) yeah every conflict just comes out swinging is ready to fight like always like um you know like there's being trusting of the world and there's be and the opposite which is irsu which is like the world is about to Ch- like cheat and hurt you at every opportunity and you better be ready to tell it about itself you know what i mean
0: um it's weird be- because you- last last session and this actually segues really nicely into something i i had prepared um to to actually ask you about because you said something about um something about pure politics um last last session about mm-hmm. how your um uh Irsu, you, you said something that really stood out to me. You said, I know this isn't the good leftist position for Irsu to have. And then you kind of launched on this like, very like passionate defense of Professor Khadim. And like, um, <laughs> and, and both you and Ali actually had a lot to say about this too, from your own personal lives. And we had this very productive discussion, um, a really great discussion about when we can afford to have pure politics and what forms of activism are effective and so forth. And I loved that conversation, um, and actually, Professor Kim mentioned that to me when he was listening back to the podcast. Um, and I think it's it's fantastic to actually make Irsiushin like not a good leftist <laughs> from a no. like a character design standpoint. I think yeah. that's really fun.
2: <laughs> a complicated human, fucking human being. Um. Well, you know, not human, but
0: right. No, but Irson so like not least because like your role playing flaws.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Completely. But no like I you know I was I was like I did not kind of intend for them to be this way um or at least not like you know by design or consciously uh and I was thinking about why why my mm-hmm. impulse as you know in character as as Ir-she-ish is always like fight and it you know mm-hmm. it it makes me reflect on like okay so like the <laughs> so Rune knows cuz Rune went to high school with me But, like, I've had times in my life where I come out swinging constantly because I I had to. Because I felt like I had to. Mm -hmm. You know? Because, like, I don't don't know. You get into a mindset where you expect violence or you expect hurt or you expect, like, to be taken advantage of in some way. And, like, you just get used to trying to preempt it. Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what... I think that is, that is, uh, I don't know. Irshish uh, um, is like a coping mechanism wrapped in a defense mechanism, wrapped in a maladaptive strategy, wrapped in a, a gay little box. You know? <laughs> yeah.
0: It's yeah, like very... none of
2: what you're doing is good or effective or like remotely right. productive. But yeah. I get every every step of your thought process as to why you're doing it yeah so.
0: i th- I think back on my on my days um my all too recent days as an extremely online uh, uh, person um mm-hmm. in so many ways and like and yeah, like it's 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 like when when you when you when you have so much when you have when you have so much, so much like pent up like kind of activity like when you when you have so much like vigilance hypervigilance it's it's a trauma response it's mm-hmm. it's an idea of like the the idea that that you're you're being threatened on all sides and Don't
1: I know it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you yeah, for and, real. And like we, we the the three of us probably have like enlarged <laughs> amygdalas because our threat response is like <laughs>
1: My amygdala you know, it's is just the size of like an ostrich <laughs> egg
0: now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like, you know, it's it's a uh, it's a big it's a big like it, that that's a that's a really good point, um, Lindsay, I, I think that um that the idea of how trauma can get in the way of effective politics and um and and also inform it. Like yeah. it's it's like... a very interesting tension. Um to be fair, I think Yersu was right.
2: I think it just sucks that they had to get smote over it.
0: Yeah. No, I I also <laughs> think Yersu was right. <laughs> like, like, I mean, we, we, yeah, <laughs> you don't you don't just go around like hijacking captains. Yeah. Um, for omens. And 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 abducting like political figures of of um, of uh, of. Of of faraway nations, or just like in general, um, unless you really yeah. gotta, or in general, unless you really gotta, <laughs> yeah. Um, there was another there was another uh idea. Oh yeah, that was that was another thing actually. Um, speaking of uh, your um, their idea of like purity of politics and purity of, um. Like, I mean, correct me if I'm like off base because I'm speculating a little bit about your character's motivations, Lindsay. But mm-hmm. uh, Sue seemed to have this kind of hero worship for the Spore Queen and the Pirate Queen from their readings of theory and history of like leftism in this world. Um, which is now kind of starting to crumble a little <laughs> oh, now that a... they've met one of them. This is
2: a very specific choice that I made. I'm very glad it was picked up upon. Uh, this, yeah. This is... So you will notice that last episode all Yershish did was like talk shit about this lady and now Yershish has like appropriated this figure into like her personal narrative for personal gain.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you know, I mean the reason I'm saying that that there was that there was like hero worship and the reason I wrote this ahead of time like even before this episode and picked up on that was that like you were comparing their pirate adventures to being independently wealthy here on Earth and like if we got the pirate queen in the room here, she would not call herself the pirate pirate queen for one thing <laughs> and and for another, she would she would tell you horrible stories about how she has fought fascism with her body every day for like hot only knows how many years and
1: I need to start <laughs> saying that in character more like oh my god all this
0: yeah (laughs) but um i'd love to get your thoughts on that now that we've been able to stew on it for like a week yeah and and had more like
2: stuff this this, we telepathically communicated that this would come up all along
0: (laughs) yeah Um, i think i think so
2: no definitely um no well like in the playing of 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 miss miss um uh i def like i definitely considered i'm like oh i I definitely considered um like they think of themselves they they think of the way that they think of themselves and the way that they are very quickly realizing that they are are coming into are about to come into giant conflict Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah
2: um the way the way that like, you know, she probably was, was, you know, reading leftist theory about this historical, like, revolutionary figure and being like, yeah, like, like she probably would have fucked with me. We probably would have been friends. Like, we probably would have got, like, seen eye to eye, you know? Like, you know, but in the way that, like, people do all the time, it's like, if I were in the Holocaust, I would have saved every Jew by myself, you know? Right, but, but right. You wouldn't, but you wouldn't, you know? No. Um. Or maybe you would, but you probably wouldn't. um but uh no so i so i think that that is going to be some some, that that already is and that is going to continue to be something that irsu is going to have to confront um as uh we all do every day but yeah um i think dying is going to be interesting
0: yeah, well, I mean, one of the things that, that it really reminds me of is, like, the hero-worshipping and the cult of personality for leftist politicians and theorists like Lenin and Foucault. I mean, like... <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> rather than, like, treating their ideas as coming from a milieu of conversations... I mean, like, I was just reading um, Fragments of an Anarchist Anthropology by the late um, David Graeber. He just died, like, last year. I, <laughs> I was, I was so i was so sad i i my professor had just um recommended me his readings and i finally got around to reading uh his stuff and then my professor was like oh yeah and by the way david graber died it was this horrible loss for the anthro community and i was like holy shit what <laughs> i just picked up his book like, um, but, but yeah so um but yeah david Graeber's like ripping apart these like ml's saying like um yeah, the stereotype is essentially that like there's this seamless transition from Russian politicians to French academic philosophers. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely
2: not. Many things happened along the way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so um
2: But yes, it it um, is not lost on me that last week Irsu T- was ready to come out swinging at the mushroom queen um mm-hmm. and this week irsu was ready to like use not the mushroom queen as an individual but the mushroom queen purely as like a political figure and like kind of a fixed like a fictional character in this political narrative in this political drama um mm-hmm. pretty much t- just to make a point pretty much just to make a point
0: yeah yeah and um, and, and like that's something that... We construct these stories... Like, we construct these stories all the time. We do that all the time. Like... Um, I was just reading this thing... Um, the Far Away Nearby by Rebecca Solnit... For another one of my classes. Um, uh, she tells this story about this guy... Who was actually protected by... Like... He got lost... He was a Danish explorer. He got lost in Greenland. And he was actually... Um, he got lost in like a little igloo and, um, and there was a blizzard and he, he ran out of like lamp oil and his breath coalesced around him to make the igloo smaller and smaller. <gasps> his Whoa. breath started freezing around him.
2: <laughs> Whoa, and that's scary. Hey Rune, him... Your
1: screen yeah. is frozen in a very glitched and pixelated way. Is it cool if I take a screenshot and show you?
0: Uh yes, I bet it's hilarious.
1: It's wonderful. <laughs> it actually looks very Oh no, it's not there anymore! I'm so upset.
0: <laughs> it looked so Art cool. A- it looked Art so is cool.
1: <sighs> but I wanted to make sure I got your permission first. So uh, that was
0: nice of you. Thank you. Um that's a shame though. I wanted to see it. <laughs> yeah, um, it looked
1: it looked very cool. It had a lot of like, <laughs> cool tones.
0: Oh man, Now I really want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so there, she was making this like comparison, um, like essentially like the the um, the King James Bible uh, translation of the of the Hebrew word um, vapor into vanity, um, like uh, vanity of vanities um vanities of vanity of vanities but it's really like the word that was translated into vanity is like breath like vapor breath um and like this guy who was trapped in greenland was like literally building a home for himself out of breath that was keeping him safe and it was keeping him like like secure and warm (laughs) and like it's like we tell these stories that keep us secure and warm sometimes we tell these stories that make us um that when they take shape, when they're solid, when, they, when they're when they in the right environment, they can keep us in stasis. And that can be good or bad.
2: <laughs> yeah, it can be like what you need to make it through to Saturday, or it can be a thing that, you know, keeps you complacent forever.
0: Right. And not just politically, exactly. in,
2: many, in many ways, in, in many areas, but definitely politically yeah um, yeah
0: and i yeah
2: i think uh post dying uh post dying we will probably hear so, less speak to the manager voice from irsu <laughs> <laughs> we'll probably hear more like even just like five ounces of vulnerability is my prediction okay. I can't predict how things are going to go down, but that's my, you know, Irsu, Irsu and I are separate. We, you know, we live together, but I don't know what she does. It's <laughs> also, we'll see.
0: That, that'd be, that'd be cool. I mean, it would be, it'd be fun to, to see. Um, that's, that's another thing that I, I wanted to bring up as well, actually about the, um, the speak to the manager voice. Like you say that <laughs> like a joke, but I actually think like, Irshish Khadim is a racialized character in this world and does put on a performance of almost, like, deference and politeness in a very code-switchy way.
2: Like, politeness, but also authority. Like, I need to be the most authoritative and the least threatening. How can I do that by this, like, little- this, like, manic, like, smart kitten thing, you know? Yeah.
0: And that's, like... Oh boy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I, I'm I'm certainly not qualified to comment on that for many reasons. But there's like that's that's going to be relatable to so many people who who hopefully will t- tune into this show. And I mean, it, it's I, it's yeah. studied. Like, I will be
2: writing uh, the apologia of Yeshi Shadim. I'll defend her to my grave. I don't agree with everything she does, but I get why she does everything she does. Yeah. But... Because I am her, but
0: you know. <laughs> yeah, this is this is really cool. Um, I'm I'm so excited for this, uh, and I guess the last thing that I wanted to touch on, um, this one's a little juicy in terms of like context and explanation on my part. Um, as always, if I'm rambling or if you need more clarity, if I'm if you feel like interjecting at all, interrupt me, slap me in the face through Discord or whatever um, i'll just
1: shout, i'll just shout slap really loudly
0: yes <laughs> please since do I,
1: since i can't physically slap you
0: do like a mic spike like <laughs> make make me make just me like, make my ears hurt yeah oh. um <laughs> <laughs> uh so um last episode we actually talked at length about the spore queen as an incarnation of Anna singh's uh, mushroom at the end of the world but i don't think I was really clear about how I intentionally corrupted the concept of the mushroom as a model for posthumanism, which I actually did um for my own purposes intentionally again um mm-hmm. which is partially because I didn't organize my thoughts very well before recording um I think between the sleep deprivation and the lack of preparation I didn't communicate what I was trying to uh, say uh didn't communicate what I was trying to very well last session so The way I described Tsing's mushroom model last session was kind of horizontal and also kind of vertical, and that may have been a little confusing. The way Tsing actually describes her model after the mushroom is very anti-hierarchy. It's very horizontal most of the time. So what I meant was occasionally the normally very rhizomatic horizontal elements of the mycelium, which for those unfamiliar with the term is the tangly mass of threads that makes up most of the mass and surface area for most species of fungus, um, occasionally, these elements gather vertically into a fruiting body, which is the mushroom, the part that we see, which is sometimes edible or poisonous or psychedelic, but always rots. Trippy. It always decays quickly.
2: <laughs> the part that we people... always dies.
0: <laughs> but that's—it's just the reproductive organ. It, it it wants to spread out and it wants to get elsewhere and it wants to get right? back underground. Um... Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> and for the listeners i was it? doing like a fuckboy impression
2: yeah that was, that was great <laughs> yeah what month is it again <laughs> <laughs> Oh
0: no. so like the concept of a sport queen with like institutional hierarchical power in a very human social structural way is very antithetical actually to ting's model um because mushrooms are cyclical they're never-ending kind of in a way they're like really hard to kill um my professor's favorite analogy is you chop off the head of a tree and it dies, but you chop off the head of a blade of grass or a mushroom and the same organism grows another head two inches to the left. So what happened was I actually homebrewed a subclass of druid that you can actually play as, Anthro Gang, called the Circle of Disturbance. What? Um,
1: oh yes. Oh my god. So if Elion, another... di- if Elion dies, can Hot I create forbid. a new character that's...
0: Yes. Yeah, you can create your mushroomy character. Um, It is another reference to something Tsing talks about a lot. um, A, quote, disturbance-based ecology in which many species sometimes live together without either harmony or conquest. That's a direct quote from page five in her introduction. She gets right out of the gate with that one. It's beautiful. Um, She talks a lot about disturbance and precarity and dynamic equilibrium rather than, like, differently loaded terms like balance or harmony, Mm -hmm. which we'll come back to a lot in future episodes, definitely. Um, So druids of this circle start out with humanoid subjectivities and deliberately infect themselves with a number of fungal parasites to give themselves magical powers. And uh, in the process, the fungi give them a more rhizomatic subjectivity over time and also drive them kind of nuts this is a more Delucian process of becomings. Instead of becoming animal, it's becoming fungal, becoming rhizome, becoming horizontal, reaching out sideways under the ground. Um, the sport queen's identity is therefore in tension between her spores and her supposed royalty, and that tension produces affects and intensities. In the Delucian Sumian sense, they traverse what Gilles Deleuze might call her body without organs, creating phenomena this. like desire and pain and joy and responsibility. Um, so can... the
1: fa- mm. yeah. So the fact up? that the fact that she was trapped in the tower is very not ideal for a lot of reasons. One, she's being held there against her will. Two, she's being like uh, milked for prophecies almost. And three, yeah, like she needs to spread out.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. She needs to like she needs to she needs to come in contact with other things. She needs to be like she needs to like the thing with the thing with a body without organs the thing about like intensities that traverse that body without organs is that they need to couple with other things they need to grab onto something and then um and then that creates what's known as an assemblage and that machine that that creates is life affirming it creates a new thing it's like a wasp and an orchid that create essentially a new kind of organism when they join together in, like, their, their, um, in the pollination of the orchid and the feeding of the wasp. It's Uh that relationship that they create. Yeah. Um, Or the homies and the other homies.
1: So, (laughs) by, did, did she come into direct contact with any of us? Because if, if some of us start becoming a little mushroomy... (laughs)
0: <laughs> uh, that's gonna be
1: very cool.
0: Um, she did not. Okay. No. Yeah. Uh, I, I like the no. idea
1: of being a shroom druid. But, a but
0: shroom druid! That, that, well, yeah. that
1: being
2: said, just by virtue of having- having had contact with her, we are all forever changed by the experience, however ephemeral, however small. So we're all a little shroomy yeah. for having met her. Like, yeah, because we, it didn't we all funda- got, like, like,
1: a, we got We all got a few spores.
0: Right. Yeah. And, exactly. And also, like the the intensities, like these these assemblages, they transmit the affects. Like it's not that the affects stay on her, and and like it's not that the it's not that when they couple, like they they like like it transmits. It's not material. Not material. It's not material. Yeah. It transmits. It's like electricity. Um, that's where her rhizome rhizome comes into play, no matter what kind of being she is. Humans do this all the time in the real world. So to recap, she may like, look pretty fungiform, (laughs) (laughs) like she may like, look pretty fungiform at this point, but she's actually still battling her very own like, very humanoid sentience, her humanoid values. And it's Mm -hmm. my hope that when we meet these types of figures over and over again throughout the campaign, you'll notice some changes in how they interact with the world and even in how they see themselves. I will say that Vish never called herself the Spore Queen to you. That's just a reference that your shish remembered from a text mm-hmm. they read long ago. Mm-hmm. She didn't even seem to really care what she what her name was, which makes sense. Which makes sense.
1: No thoughts, um, um, only, shrooms.
2: only shrooms. No thoughts, I mean, I wish. Uh, <laughs> can Can I attempt to unpack? And I don't know what will come of this. Can I attempt to unpack why, like, I, Lindsay Weiss, um, feel negatively towards towards Vish? Yeah. Yeah. I Because I don't... Because on paper, I'm like, everything about her, I basically fuck with. But why in my brain do I just have, like, a negative association? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um I don't and I don't I don't really know. Uh yeah. I don't know. like my, my Yeah, and I wish I knew I wish I knew why that was the case. And I'm always like when these types of things come up, I'm I'm always like, am I being reactionary? Am I being <laughs> like the conservative uncle who's like t- these damn kids in there, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, and I don't, I tr—I trust myself enough to think that I'm not, but I want to know why I have such a hesitance toward, like, the effectiveness of a marauding pirate queen who, m- like maybe is behaving i think this is it is maybe behaving as like an agent of colonization on behalf of a state that doesn't even really want to be colonizing like the state just kind of wants to mind their own business first of all you're colonizing and that's bad second of all like did you ask anyone before you decided it would be like your sacred mission to assert eshkin dominance throughout the world because that's I I haven't spoken to many Eshkin individuals who seem to want that. Like, why? This is a youth thing. I'm so happy you said this. This is a youth thing. (laughs) This is just your personal, like, little goal. This is like your personal little pipe dream that you just decided is going to be a political project, but this is something that you just individually decided that you wanted. I'm so
0: happy you said this. Um, Yeah. So the idea is uh, the idea, my idea that I had behind this was that. so, okay, so the island of Erel, um, where the Arelli come from, um, sees itself, or saw itself, for a very long time as part of the continent of Pa'al, which is the, the continent that um, includes a south polar region, um, and was uninhabited for quite some time. Um, and for... And I'm not exactly sure how I want to introduce the mythology around where the Areli and Ofani came from, Um, but I do know that um, the demigoddesses are involved, and the demigoddesses came from Mont, the continent that you just came from, so... When when the Areli, when the Arelli are and and the Arelli know this. So when when the Arelli are saying like, oh, I want to protect Pa'al from from being colonized by Monty influences. They all that that's already that's already. Um, it's like okay, but contradictory. But-, but then, but then exactly 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 when when they're like when they are spreading their kind of influence over Pal. they themselves are possibly engaging in some colonial projects they yes this is this is a this is a this is a a decentralized pirate army some syndicates of which may not be doing this very ethically some syndicates of which may be engaging like on a one-to-one basis with like local authorities in In the places, in the, in the regions where they're, like, trying to, like, they're, like, deferring to the authorities in the, in the, in, in the regions where they're, where they're kind of ostensibly protecting their waters, I guess. Like, they're, they're essentially, like, I pledge my sword and my bow and my axe and my ship, or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, but in some other places, they're like, hey, we have a pirate ship, and, like, a lot of people... Guess this is our land now.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like. right, okay. So I, I was like, am I just like, roll it, am I just like a jaded old fart why I don't like the pirate anarchist lady? But I I think I'm just like, okay, so your whole deal is... that that That's Habitat for Humanity, love, XX. Like, that's not...
0: That, yeah, what are you, my, my what whole deal, are you
2: achieving?
0: The my co- whole deal is that the um, the pirate queen uh, may have started out with good intentions and may be a part of a syndicate that is doing actual material good, but may not have control over everything that she has wrought upon the continent of PAL since starting her project. and maybe not all of that has been good
2: well that makes me feel better yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah i mean yeah. like it's complicated it's, it's a big complicated thing like i um i didn't have the whole history of my entire of, of all of east figured out before starting this before starting this campaign and and like that's just me being real with with you and with the listeners like this is this is a big learning learning experience for me as well like I Found I can't history I can't I can't type into Google what would happen on a planet that is mostly ocean if a bunch of pirates decided to be anarchists and accidentally colonized the south pole like <laughs> no one knows like
2: <laughs> Yeah and yeah and I think about like I think about like kibbutzim which were like ostensibly like Jewish anarchist agriculture projects and I'm like okay that's palestine though that's pa- you just you just rolled up to palestine and decided that it was going to be socialist so like what what did you accomplish what did you accomplish you yeah. know what I mean it's like stuff like that um
0: yeah all types of yeah there's a big yeah there's a big history of there's a big history of uh of of um uncritical leftism going awry in very colonial ways. Oh, there is. And and I, I, I wanted to explore some of that in this, um possibly biting off more than I could chew, but <laughs> who knows?
2: Okay, well now that I mean again, like I'm like Okay, I'm not the conservative uncle. My gut reaction was hitting on like a point of contention and not just like a aesthetic dispute.
0: Yeah, no, I'm I'm glad that you caught on to that actually, because I wanted I wanted I wanted someone other than me to bring that up, because <laughs> um, I couldn't I couldn't be like I couldn't be like oh by the way actually that whole thing that I brought up was wrong and colonialist, like like psych.
2: Yeah. It's like <laughs> better for someone he else got to <laughs> Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, um so that was that was a very insightful analysis. Um and I I have other things that I wanted to to talk about uh in terms of um this session. Um we covered a lot about last session. Um uh there were some other things, um, but oh, here's one. What do you guys think of um, the Signet's lack of identity?
1: I figured it was like, uh... cause in uh... okay, so I'm going to be referencing fiction because of course I am. Uh, in Game of Thrones, there's this, uh... there's this like group of people who like I don't know disguise themselves as people and they sort of go through this process of like stripping themselves of their identity mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I am literally just going off of the show because I haven't had the attention span to read the books unfortunately me neither
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but uh there's this whole idea of like becoming nobody in order to mm-hmm. serve this higher goal and that's kind of what I was reminded of
0: yeah um, to be honest with you that's kind of uh, a little bit of the inspiration behind the signet
1: Nice
0: Um, um uh, what do you think Lindsay what what was your what was what were your thoughts about the lack of name
2: Lack of name well Um well you know I think I think like it's it's interesting in this in the case of the Signet to draw a distinction between like an identity performed and an identity named like an mm-hmm. ident like what is ontologically being done and versus how is it you know understood through the process of being named and receiving a nomenclature um mm. Because, you know, of course, like, the signet did have, like, an individuality, did have, like, a personality. Um, but I think, you know, changing. I it, it made me think about, like. Once again, bringing back capitalism and capitalism and schizophrenia. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. How do we offer how do we like offer up our identities in in service of uh usually capitalistic pursuits but right but you know in this case it's this order it could be any it could be any type of institutional pursuit or non institutional it could be anything it really could be anything but um in what ways do like do like in what ways do we permit our senses of self to be supplanted in order to perf- to better like to better achieve an instrumentality on behalf of something we consciously or otherwise desire, believe in or uh are trapped in.
0: That was a that was a whole ramble.
2: <laughs> that was a whole it was good ramble. But
0: yeah, no, I I think if I'm getting you right, like um so so like collect collect my thoughts along with you because I think I I may have I may have been lost a little bit. Um, so I, I heard uh, somewhat that like um, you were interested in kind of the way that um, someone offers themselves up to um, to not only institutions but like like purposes and the way that. Um, yeah. The way that these purposes kind of turn us into projects.
2: Yeah, the way that the way that we think of our, like, identities as, like, what we are for.
0: Right. You yeah.
2: Know? Like, for a lot of people, that's a job. Like, oh, like, I, the thing that I am for is I'm, like, a designer at this place, and I design this thing, mm-hmm. you know? Um,
0: and that's, like, yeah. the most problematic I know a lot of, and um... sad
2: example, but...
0: <laughs> I know a lot of, uh, I know a lot of, um... People in my old orchestras would say like, "Oh yeah, I'm a violin," or like, "Yeah, or like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm an oboe," or like, "No, but you're we'd not." Re- we'd
1: be referred to as clarinets. It's like, not. Wait, wait a minute. We're humans.
0: <laughs> you're clarinetists. <laughs> Important distinction. Uh, who's playing? Who? I mean,
1: I mean, Where's sometimes I do feel I do feel instrument. hollow inside at times, but like, <laughs> come on now. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Good, good. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not good that I feel <laughs> No, I said, you said not now. <laughs> oh, yeah,
1: n- not not now. I, I feel I feel fine now.
0: Good, I'm glad you feel fine now. Okay.
1: <laughs> um, oh,
2: my God. Uh,
0: no, yeah, um, I was thinking, like, so uh, the way that I kind of got this, um, the signet and the order of signs, um, I got it from, like, the semiotic of Charles Sanders Pierce, um, and the philosophy of, of kind of like how signs and thoughts, uh, Pierce kind of said that thoughts are all essentially the same structure. Um, they just kind of present different aspects to the world, um, three aspects, really. They're kind of like electrons in that way. Um, they present like a, an electrical or an, a magnetic aspect to the world, um, except there's three rather than two. Um, and so, like initiating into the order of signs is kind of like losing your identity, only to have it interpreted by other selves. Um, and I read a lot. I read a lot about this in uh, in this book called How Forests Think uh, by Eduardo Cohn, uh which is like a very Piercean like way, but it's posthuman as well. It's it's a lovely book. Um, uh, Pierce says that all signs begin begin from and return to the same simple essence which he calls images or icons Um, and then they progress through other more complicated ways of being interpreted Um, and then I also wanted to talk about her wealth that was another thing that um, I thought you guys might find interesting
2: another reason didn't like her from the jump (laughs) yeah I I
0: figured yeah you were like "Mm." (laughs) mmm mmm (laughs)
1: oh i forgot to add that 50 gold to my inventory
0: oh yeah do add that 50 gold because now you'll Mm -hmm. be able to do shopping do shopping things
2: Mm -hmm.
0: yeah and that and that i guess that's another
2: interesting point about like okay so you can choose to like shed your name and acquire this new identity within like a chosen order and chosen life path but like you can only do so much to change your ontological subjectivity, which for her is wealth,
0: for example. Right. Yeah. And and or or you can do those things because of your ontological subjectivity, which is wealth. Yeah. Maybe like you know, you can change your name, you can like learn magic, you can hijack a ship, like well, yeah. travel across the sea because you're wealthy. <laughs> And you have time. To do you these have things. time. You
2: don't,
0: <laughs> you don't have a real job. You're a member of the Order of Signs.
2: Like, oh, that's so great! It's so nice to travel for work. Yeah. Knowing like, full yeah. oh, well, this bitch like, um, doesn't have a job. <laughs> 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 Amazing. I'm like kind of um.
0: mean. <laughs> I, know, I was thinking that too. I was like, is totally thinking she doesn't have a job. <laughs> I was thinking that. Glad it read. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I was thinking this this thing like another Rebecca Solnit thing actually. Um, in in the chapter of Far Away, Nearby, um, um, she's talking about this like Inuit story of a woman who gets trapped by a thaw, um, like her sled thaws. And, uh, and she actually has to resort to cannibalism to stay alive. Classic. Um, and, like, um, the way that Rebecca Solnit said, uh, tells the story is like, oh, yeah, you know, like, she resorts to cannibalism and then goes back home and tells people what happened. And they're like, oh, that's horrible. And then she pays her debt to society. And then she, you know, becomes this well-known for- figure. And there's a school named after her now. And, like... <laughs> And she explains, before you even come to the conclusion that, like, oh, that's so horrible, they, like, they venerate this cannibal, um, the people in this community consider everyone in the world to be cannibals because everyone is always climbing on top of each other to stay alive. And, um... What matters more is the debt and the gratitude that you exhibit to society and to the world and to the gods and to the earth and to the animals. Um, in some versions, it was like she killed her husband, and in some versions, she killed her kids, and in some versions, she just ate her husband, and some versions, like, you know, it was like. Hey, babe, can
1: you pass me your arm, please? Thanks.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it, it was horrible. <laughs> but you know like the way that it was analyzed was was actually very insightful um mm-hmm. in terms of like capitalism and how like we're all of us kind of climbing over each other to like create this better better situation for ourselves um like we're no different from the cannibal in so many ways mm. <laughs> in this yeah and and uh and and I wanted to create a figure like that who was trying to buy herself out of trouble. Trying to buy herself out of um, of debt, mm-hmm. in a way. And um, that's, that's bio that's on-
2: that's on- that's biopolitics, XX. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, expanding that logic, like... That you know is what's the difference between like a government letting five hundred thousand people die of a pandemic and the government mm. directly killing five hundred thousand people not much yeah. not much they're referred to as different things, but the end- resu- the material result is that five hundred thousand people are dead who would not have been otherwise right,
0: yeah, and you know it it was preventable like if it was preventable, then you know which it was mhm-, and yeah it's it's ridiculous and that's another that's another thing like these are not just academic concepts these are real <laughs> yeah and, like
1: uh, i think that's I think that's how i'm kind of able to interact with this as well it's not just yeah. like an academic thing because academically i don't know shit about this but real world politics social justice leftism it's there. Yeah. It's there.
0: It's all there. It's it's real. It's like that's the that's the that's the um the thing about the, the thing about playing D and D about these things, like we're communicating real problems to real people mm-hmm. in this in this format of like having a good time and then like, oh wait a second, <laughs> we're talking about real shit.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, which I, I think is kinda cool and I, I think that's why my professor is letting me do this. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, finally, there there was one more thing I wanted to get to, and then I'm going to let you guys go to sleep because it's late o'clock. Um, uh, there was one thing that um, Captain Tosk said to Irshish before she fainted. And...
1: About, she said... About wanting I to... Wanted, yeah, go ahead.
0: I wanted to get to know the you that you're still building? What'd Sounds you think
2: like she wants to get married. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, maybe it could be a long-term situation. I don't know. See how it goes. <laughs> I haven't been on a date yet, it... but maybe.
1: <laughs> I think it's kind of interesting because in one session, like, Captain Task and Urshu had this, uh, had this discussion about, like, her- her work and all that. And that does- that does play a- that does play a part in- in, uh, their identity. And maybe there was something there that clued the captain into, you're trying to find yourself somehow, and I want to be a part of that. And I think that's really- I think that's really sweet. I mean- on one hand it's kind of it's deep but also it's like it's really sweet
2: yeah when we've spoken about already how you know if she or she's like a coping mechanism wrapped in a defense mechanism wrapped in a gay little box mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and how my my prediction and hope for for them is that they get a little more vulnerable and then i you know i think i think someone wants to see that happen -hmm like there there is a personality down there underneath the like calcified like like <laughs> underneath punch the calcified Karen yeah for, <laughs> for real.
0: calcified Karen is like a terrible band name calcified but also a Karen. great one
2: yeah. <laughs> and it, it's funny it's because it, i I did the thought did cross my mind like if someone said that to me in real life I think I'd be a little annoyed but in the context of this it makes sense yeah. But maybe um. that's just again me being an Aries. <laughs> an Aries. Oh my God. Does it um. show? <laughs> On
1: a, to be honest, uh, I saw I saw a lot of similarities between you and one of my friends who's a Gemini. So I thought you were I thought you were a Gemini, honestly, or I thought you had Ari- Gemini somewhere in your chart.
2: Aries and Gemini are very compatible, though, and many of my like best friends and significant relationships have been Gemini's, though.
1: Mm. Gemini's are pretty cool is great
2: <laughs> nothing but respect for Gemini's yeah Yay.
1: <laughs> um. uh, s- s- just so uh just so I can get it out there too, I'm an Aquarius so that's fun yeah <laughs> Woo! um
0: so yeah the the inspiration behind that little line there I-, I was hoping that you would um I wanted to direct that at you partially because of the the romantic tension in the in the characters but also partially because um i knew that that you've read Deleuze and um the body without organs is a contemporaneous project um to the subject and so uh like Ali essentially what Deleuze means by a body without organs that is like always being built is this is, is like an egg that you're always carrying with you that's hatching into a new version of yourself that you're kind of like always experimenting with
2: Hmm. it's yeah it's like
1: whenever whenever i whenever i hear egg i always think of trans stuff and i think that might also relate a little bit
0: it kind of does it like kind of does does.
2: (laughs) well it's kind of it's that you never hit a point where you're like this is my complete and final form yeah i'm done right
1: especially uh especially with stuff during like a pandemic like a lot of who i was has kind of been completely fucked up like i used to I used to be the super outgoing. Okay, I probably still got my outgoingness in me somewhere, <laughs> but these days I'm mostly like, I'm mostly sentient not around anybody. And <laughs> uh, wait, no, not not sentient. Sedentary. Oh. But also, I'm not always I'm not always sentient either. Sometimes it's just like.
0: That's a mood. <laughs> yeah, literally yeah um but yeah like i I wanted to like i wanted to kind of have this idea of like a, like remind your that they are like going always going to be in the process of building not only their politics but also their personality
2: <laughs> yeah it's like um a like at the Wizard of Oz, you like Tin Man gets a heart, Scarecrow gets a brain, Irsu so gets a personality. <laughs> <laughs> if I right. only have no, self. No, but for real, it, I mean, it's, it's very sweet. It occurs to me to think about like, you know, if our personality is, if our like self is always developing and is always becoming something new, to to want to see the person that someone becomes is to want to see them always. And to want to see yeah. them in yeah. every iteration, and to see them in every version of themselves, and that's very like,
0: yeah, well, it's it very it's gay it's, as fuck. Ooh, it's it's ooh, so ooh, gay. Ooh. It's very gay. Um, it's very good. I i, I, I like that. And I like that also. Um, that's, you know, that's that's a great note to end on. Honestly, but i i, I want to, i i i want to say that that's like, that's a great like way to to tell someone that um that they're like their joy is your joy their construction is your construction their 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 self their self um they're building up of themselves their 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 trajectory um their positive I want to assemblage with you.
2: Yeah. I want to assemblage with you. <laughs> b- 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 <laughs> I want Babe, to create a super organism.
0: I'm literally building my body without organs right now, uh-huh. fast.
2: <laughs> really, I want to create a symbiotic organism with you.
0: Radial blur. For real.
2: <laughs> I'm writing that down. I'm saving that.
0: Uh, I'm, yes. gonna, I'm gonna say that to um, somebody,
2: and they're gonna lose their mind.
0: It'll we'll be see. me. I am currently <laughs> losing my mind. <laughs>
1: I mixed up the word sedentary and sentient. I think I'm kind of losing it, too.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hey there! Thanks for listening to this armchair analysis segment of Polyvox. Connor had to take a little break from recording this one, but hopefully you still enjoyed listening to Lindsay, Ollie, and me. We'll see you soon for some more gameplay.